Hey you, welcome to the Messy Desk Podcast, where you'll find honest conversations about productivity, mindset, and marketing. If you're an overwhelmed business owner who wants to achieve more, but could use a little guidance and coaching, then you're in the right place. Ready to dive in? Let's get to it. Hey you, we have an extra Wednesday this month, so we're bringing you a bonus episode. As such, it will be more of an off-the-cuff, I think that's a word for it, instead of our regular format, and there won't be a transcript or any accompanying web pages either. So what we're going to do is revisit episode 88 from February of this year. In that episode, we shared our intended marketing tactics for this year and why we made those choices. And we thought it'd be fun and also helpful to go through those list of tactics and give you an update, kind of like that behind the scenes look. We're going to pull back the curtain, share what happened with those tactics and our marketing as all of us make plans for the new year. Speaking of the new year, we know that you, like us, are super busy with business and holiday stuff in December. So we're not going to publish another episode until January. That's right. There is a lot going on and that gives us time to plan and get ahead. It also gives us some much needed wiggle room. You know what I mean? So let's dive in to an update on the first marketing tactic. And that first tactic was mine and it was content marketing and SEO. So rewind back to February. My plan was to return to regular blogging and podcasting since I didn't do either of those in 2022. My goal this year was to publish blog posts on the Wednesdays that Teresa and I were not releasing a podcast episode. And I'm happy to share that I stuck with it and I did what I planned to do. I did miss a blog post in July during the fourth holiday, but otherwise I've blogged regularly and we've kept up with podcasting regularly. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we are awesome. <laughs> One of the things we did was we dropped to the twice monthly podcast schedule and that's been really manageable for both of us. In fact, I've returned to more regular blogging too which is so great. I still really believe in blogging as a way to generate leads, get new people to find you and build authority. Again, it goes back to my belief in your website being an authority hub where you publish authority content that supports your other content needs like email marketing and social media marketing. So anyway, I published a mix of new blog post topics and I updated some older posts. Now, what about the results? Personally, just getting back to a routine and proving to myself that I could stick with a commitment was a huge win for me, right? Maybe you can relate to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can totally relate. I mean, if you can't make a commitment, then nothing else matters, right? <laughs> I yeah, think, commitment's important. <laughs> uh, 100%. And I think that this is an amazing win for Megan because now she knows she can stick to this routine with her blogging. And that means she can then focus on whatever is the next phase for her. Outside of blogging being a personal win for me, my website metrics did see a really nice boost. Now, I'm dealing with my old business still, Smartbird Social, and my old website content. And that was focused on social media-related topics. 
and I'm still ranking for those social media topics. Darn it. (laughs) I can't get rid of those things. But P.S. Side note, that just proves the lasting benefits of great blogging. Okay. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Anyway, I'm making more progress with content marketing topics and increasing my ranking for terms that actually align with my business. So yes, I'm happy I chose this tactic and I plan to continue it in 2024. All right. The next marketing tactic, which was mine, was networking. I've been networking for decades now, and it continues to be one of my most valuable marketing strategies. To remind you, I'm not speaking about passing out business cards at some event, you know, whether it's paper or digital, you know, or screenshot my phone or whatever the heck it is they're doing. (laughs) But rather, I'm talking about relational marketing, building relationships. So there was an episode where we covered Teresa's networking philosophy. I think it was episode 77. So if you want to learn more about relational networking, definitely check that out. Absolutely. The relationships that I've built through networking have been invaluable. I've closed new clients, filled programs, discovered my referral partners. Those are the people who aren't competition, but they also serve my ideal avatar. That makes sense. I've also found collaborators, improved how I talk about what I do. So that important clarity piece and so much more. I have to admit, It's so impressive. The networking stuff is so impressive. I'm in awe. There's this group or organization that Teresa belongs to for networking, and it's called Master Networks. I think she's also talked about that on the podcast in the past. Teresa's a longtime member of it, and she does talk a lot about it to me. (laughs) And look, it benefits her in so many ways. Yep. I've been with Master Networks for over six years now. And while I do network in other places, you know, it's very important to branch out. Master Networks has totally been my jam. As a matter of fact, early this year, I was invited to join the regional advisory board in our area and take over the role of regional advisor to professional development. That is fantastic. Congratulations. That's major. (laughs) It's great for increased visibility, influence, and authority. I believe so. You know, that coupled with us niching down this year, which, you know, we'll talk about that in a future episode. This has really helped increase the number of referrals I've received. So I will definitely continue with my networking strategy um, indefinitely. (laughs) All right. So the third marketing tactic we talked about in February was lead generation and list building. Specifically, I was going to be using a custom or interactive lead magnet in my marketing. So again, to refresh your memory, I invested a lot of money into an automated tool that I added to my website. And the tool was something that generated custom website audits as a lead magnet. It did it on its own. I didn't have to do anything. The person signed up and then it generated this really cool audit for them. I loved this idea so much. And quite frankly, I still love this idea. I took the time to learn the tool, set it up, create an email funnel campaign, the whole shebang. It took me a lot of time and effort. I'm going to be straightforward and totally transparent. I didn't get a single lead this way. Oh my gosh, you know, I totally forgotten you did this as a strategy. <laughs> so, um, I mean, do you, th- I'm, I'm going to just ask you, do you think that this was a, uh, 
traffic issue. So I had a banner at the top of my site to promote it. So I feel like everybody who came to the site saw it because you couldn't really miss it. And I I tweaked that language on that banner, um, but really nothing changed. So I feel like it wasn't really the right lead magnet for my audience. But I will say too, like I did not promote it as much as I needed to, like literally just did that banner on the, on the top of my site, which is just, it's not enough, right? Because only people who are coming to the site are seeing that and it's not, it's not the kind of promotion I needed. It's actually no promotion really. So I think because there was that disconnect between the audit and what my ideal client wanted, uh, that disconnect made it very unsuccessful. Hmm. Well, you know, I really do hate it when that happens, you know, when you try something and it just fails miserably, but Hey, you know, I've had misses too. It's really a part of just being an entrepreneur, right. Mm -hmm. And dealing with those messy moments, but everybody, I just want to say, I so super commend Megan for trying something different. There's a certain amount of risk we all take when we're trying a new tactic strategy or a new tool even, and there will be misses like this, but there will also be successes. You just got to keep trying. That is so true. Um, you know, I don't regret this choice. It was something I wanted to try and I didn't give it my all completely. Um, but, you know, you do have to keep trying. You know, the two of us started this podcast because we hope to support others in their business journey and with their messy moments, because we know we all have them. Yes, we, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely wanted you to know that you're not alone and that we all have misses, mess ups and failures. And this marketing tactic was a miss for multiple reasons. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. All right. On to marketing tactic number four. And that was speaking as a tool for list building and lead generation. Okay. So if you remember way back in that episode, oh my gosh, I wanted to really get into speaking this year. Yep. <laughs> did not it was happen. a thing. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> you know, I did a little bit of speaking this year, including like a couple of paid opportunities, which was nice, but not one of those things that I did helped with my list building efforts at all. Maybe I gained a couple of new Instagram followers, but that oh was about goodness. it. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, Again, a miss, right? And it's okay. To be honest, like Megan was saying, with her effort, her prior effort here, I didn't put much effort into this strategy at all. <laughs> Actually, if I'm being honest, I super procrastinated and um, and just didn't really <laughs> just didn't do it. What I think I needed to do. And I think part of not knowing what I needed to do was part of this issue mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. well. Um, if you wanted to say that the only effort we really put in quote unquote effort, right. Was made by my poor assistant. Cause she's always doing stuff for me. And I'm like, Oh, then we're, we're going to change. And I see that. <laughs> oh, um, no. So this was one of those things I'm getting way better. I think she'll, I think she'll say that. I know she listens. Will you say that, Paula? I'm hoping she'll say that. But um, <laughs> but anyway, she just did a few things. Like she put together a speaker board and she maybe organized some Google Drive files. Oh, mm -hmm. and I think maybe she even tried to put like a speaker bio together, like a like a one pager in Canva. Mm -hmm. But you know, good good first steps, right? Yes, good first <laughs> steps. I mean, no matter what, that was still time spent. I heard the word procrastination mentioned. <laughs> do you want to talk about that a little more? <laughs> yes, I do. So 
when I'm procrastinating, um, stalling, whatever it is, or moving the cheese around or whatever, <laughs> what have you, changing my mind, backpedaling, we can just go on with all the words, but um, there's usually a, a reason why those things are happening. And I feel like I've gotten a lot better at looking at my own stuff and um, and just like the debrief, the the audit of the self-awareness. Happening. Oh, 100%. <laughs> And so there were a couple of really big reasons speaking did not work for me as a tactic this year. And first, most importantly, was lack of clarity. Productivity as a topic is super broad, right? And I really was feeling this year that I wanted to be known for something that made me different from everyone else in the productivity space, but was also still valuable. Kind of like that thing that, you know, nobody really talks about this, but it's a thing. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, until I found my own confident voice, I didn't feel comfortable actively pursuing speaking engagements, right? It's like even just coming up with like topic ideas to send to somebody was mm -hmm. like, I really struggled with that. The second reason that I didn't pursue was audience. I had an audience issue this year. As I mentioned earlier, we narrowed down our niche this year. so. You know, sometimes when you go to do something, you don't think that, oh, I'm missing a step, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, we were like, we went from solopreneur down to something much more narrow. And I felt like we needed to spend time really understanding our new ideal customer avatar and to build content for that niche. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was more of a priority than going out and speaking. So it's still productivity but just in a way that's way more focused with for the results that we get and the problems we solve for that particular avatar. Yeah. And that's a really good point because that's a first step. So before you decide in your marketing tactic, you're looking at your avatar, right? 100%. And, and both of us had to miss on that. Right. And, <laughs> and I will say, you know, I'll likely revisit speaking as a strategy in the future like the earliest I'd look at it though, is maybe like late in mm -hmm. 2024, we mm -hmm. still have a fair amount of work to do, um, in the way of like content, um, blogging, you know, Megan's going to do my new content strategy, for <laughs> but I will say this, like we've been talking about niching down for a while mm -hmm. and it really wasn't about mid-year this year that we completely leaned into it. And it's really made a huge difference in things like number of referrals, mm -hmm. attracting the right people to look at my content, whether it's online or, you know, blogging and things like that. So, so I think we're on the right track. We'll have to talk about that more. And uh, that, that deserves its own podcast episode, right? A hundred percent. We'll definitely cover this in early next year. I do want to mention something here. I feel like we could say that with new tactics. So if you think about it, the tactics that Teresa and I spent time on that were old tactics that we knew really well, we crushed those. The new tactics, <laughs> we didn't crush those as much, right? right? I think that that overall, when you're thinking about your plans for next year or anytime you're thinking about a marketing tactic, you want to go back to the basics and figure those out about your business. Make sure you have those right. And then definitely plan lots of time for that new thing because you have to like learn it and then you have to, you know, promote it or do whatever you need to do with it. And it takes extra time because it's not something you've done before because it's new, right? So 
That's just a takeaway that I wanted to to point out. That's a really good point. It's kind of like moving into a new neighborhood. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you don't think about where you have to go when you want to like what roads you have to take when you want to just go to the grocery store. Right. But when you're in a new neighborhood you've never been in before, it takes longer. Right. You have to spend more time planning your route, figuring out where you have to go. Right. Great analogy. It's the same, it's the same thing with with your marketing. And I love that Megan made this point, especially about going back to basics. I feel like a lot of people are always looking for that next new big thing. And then they discount like tried and true. Yeah. So, and you need a combination of those things for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we'll do probably an episode on the basics too. Cause I think we need to just revisit that for everyone. All yeah, right. So ourselves, right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Can never hurt. All right. No. The last marketing tactic on the list was mine, and it was a return to email marketing and sending a monthly newsletter. At that time, I wanted to start small. You hear us say that all the time. It's advice that we take. And that was why the goal for me was a monthly newsletter, okay? Monthly, like once a month. But people forget about you so fast when you don't communicate more regularly, especially the newest people on your email list. There are lots of philosophies and strategies about how often to email. But once a week, which is what I do, is a really good rule of thumb. And it's a great starting place. Exactly. So I just figured that monthly wasn't going to be enough, right? It just wasn't, it was not going to work out for me. Plus, between the blog and the podcast, I had enough content to email my list weekly. Even without the blog and podcast, there are plenty of topics to share, but those two sources of content really made email marketing easier for me. Right. Having new content that you're producing each week, um, both Megan and I blog, we podcast and on the off weeks from podcasting, we blog. So we have new weekly content to share. But if that's not your circumstance, it's so easy just to find like a valuable article that you've read or share a piece of advice um, Mm -hmm. on whatever your topic is and just be in front of your people. So, you know, be that friend, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The new, the new content gives you something and, you know, if you can't think of something else, so that's, it's kind of like a, you know, something you can fall back on, which is really nice if you're new to email marketing. So one thing you may not know about me is I really don't enjoy writing emails, which is kind of funny because I love writing. (laughs) Um, it's just like a thing I've had for quite a while now. It's my own mindset issue because I feel inadequate in this area, just the way it is. So to me, writing an email, sending it to my list is like talking into the abyss. Okay. (laughs) Like there's nothing coming back because people really don't respond. And it's just my voice echoing back at me. And I just don't like that about it. So, but here's a surprising update for you, and no one is more surprised about this than I am. I've been emailing my list weekly for months now, and I've gotten way, way better at it, and I don't dislike it as much as I used to. In fact, I'm kind of digging it. My open rates are typically 40 to 50%, and that is actually really good. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's like way above the average, and I'm so happy to hear that. So what do you think caused this mindset shift? So what changed? Well, I think the first thing is that I treated the emails like I was writing to someone I know, like a friend, uh, a client, and that reframing helped me because it made it like that person less ambiguous. 
And then I studied and read a ton of marketing emails that I received and looked at, you know, how people were writing things, what kind of tones they were using. And I signed up for two different email marketing expert stuff. And that gave me just this huge boost in confidence. And I have to say that, of course, ChatGPT also helped because if I have a block or I just need like a draft, something to kind of get started, ChatGPT can really, really help out in that way. I love this so much. Megan knocked down her barriers to embrace this tactic. And not only that, she outperformed her initial goal. And I think that's fantastic. I just feel so awesome about this particular achievement because it's been something I've been struggling with, with so for so long. And honestly, having an email list is really important. So now I need to go back to list building with a different lead magnet. Uh, which I'm working on right now. And I plan to relaunch that new lead magnet probably in January. Ooh, I'm excited to hear about that. <laughs> so fun. All right. List building and coming up with a better lead magnet are also on my list for 2024. Um, we've been working on a new lead magnet as well. So maybe we'll share our marketing tactics again in an upcoming episode. I I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be good. All right. So as we wrap up, I want to mention that in February, I was really concerned about consistency in my marketing because I had gotten so inconsistent in like 2022 due to life changes. But once I modified my marketing tactics to ones that better aligned with my schedule, and after I ditched the things that really were not effective, I found it much, much easier to be consistent. That's such an important like point to make. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to be paying attention. What's working, what's not. Get rid of the things that aren't working, mm -hmm. right? Um, and this is why we emphasize marketing productivity and making small changes that yield big results. Planning ahead, paying attention to your mindset, and setting goals for your marketing and business are really important to achieving your goals. All of these things can really make a positive difference in your marketing, in your business, in your life, right? Because how you feel about all of these things is important too. Mm -hmm. So for me back in February, I was actually really excited about uh, my marketing plan moving forward. Some of the strategies that the team and I did um, worked well and others didn't. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Over the years, I've learned to be more objective and more curious about the results I get or don't get for that matter. Good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. We just look at the why, what happened, how do we make it better so that we can make adjustments to the plan. Mm -hmm. For example, niching down, right? That that was a result that came out of some of the curiosities that um, we had this year. And of course, you know, you could discover that you're missing a step, like for me with the speaking, getting clear on my avatar and this new avatar, right? That step. So all of it is an opportunity to learn, grow, and improve. It's that's so true. It's the perspective that you have on it that makes a big difference, right? You're not thinking about it as a failure, but as an opportunity to to make changes and get better. So one last reminder for everyone, don't forget that this is our last episode for the year. Yay. So be on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so be on the lookout in January for the next episode. But you don't have to miss us during the break. We have over 105 episodes to keep you busy. <laughs> so true. go check those out 
for sure. Finally, we wish you an awesome, peaceful, happy holiday season. Embrace the messiness and be sure to take time to make good memories. And of course, we wish you a very happy new year as well. We'll see you in January.